Well, hello and welcome to uh, Equipping a Call videocast, or whatever you would like to call it. Today we are cooperating with uh, Thales Group, uh, uh, a leading vendor in all things encryption. And unsurprisingly, the topic for our today discussion is encrypting everything. My name is Alexey Balagansky. I'm the lead analyst at Equipping a Call. We are an independent analyst company uh, headquartered in Germany, and I am focusing on all aspects of cybersecurity in this company. So my guest for today is Todd Moore of Talis Group. Welcome, Todd. Hi, Alexi. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Um, just a quick introduction of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a senior vice president with Talis, I'm responsible for our encryption product family. And uh, excited to be here today to tell you a little bit about the challenges that our customers are seeing around encryption and some of the best, best practices to help them as they work through this uh, unprecedented time. So let's uh, probably dive in directly into this whole topic of uh, encrypting everything. What uh, are the primary reasons? What are the primary drivers behind this? I mean, obviously it did not start yesterday. Yes, yeah, sure, everyone is talking about this new normal working from home and COVID-19, but it all started years ago. I would say the primary reason for companies to or kind of undergo in this whole digital transformation, uh, as they call it, is deperimeterization. It's a fancy word. Uh, and I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but basically it just means uh, we are no longer having this uh, castle and moat uh, concept when we are talking about corporate IT and corporate security. Uh, maybe 20 years ago, it was just fine. You had your firewall, you had only single, a single gateway for external people dialing into your company. Nowadays, it's completely different. Uh, the huge problem of the data sprawl uh, as a reason recently. So we have the cloud, we have multiple clouds actually, we have mobile devices, operational technologies. So your data can now be anywhere in, around the world, not just uh, behind your corporate firewall. What's your thoughts on that, Todd? No, I, I, I think when we talk to our customers, um, our, our large enterprise customers, data sprawl is the, the right word or or what was the other word you used? Deep, I can't even say it myself, deep parameterization, but uh, the idea that the perimeter is dead and um, data is going everywhere, uh, mobile devices, um, our laptops at home, into the cloud. It, it's amazing. And, and COVID's only made this worse working from home where data is you know, proliferating all over the place. Um, we lost control as an organization where that data is going. And a lot of it's critical and we have to make sure that we're protecting it. I, I think some of the other trends that we're seeing um, during these times is the compliance and the need to protect that data. Um, so you got to find it, but then you have to be able to, to protect it based on different regulations and compliance laws. And that's also sprawling. I think we're up to 1800 uh, global regional compliance regulations out there and compliance isn't a bad thing, but, but we have to be able to protect that information as it goes out and about all over the place. So I just, um, I, I see that uh, that's an issue for companies, like you said, well before the pandemic, but it's made even worse now that folks aren't coming into an office, a brick and mortar office and working from home and, and really want to get the job done. They're doing the right thing, trying to get the job done, but they're creating data and that data is going in a lot of different places. And so we have to get, get control and, and really get our arms around that. Um, here at Talus, we kind of think about it as three pillars. Um, you have to discover, protect and control that data as it goes around and into all those different types of uh, locations. Well, I guess uh, probably uh, it would be reasonable for us today uh, just go through all those three pillars and have a look at them separately. And let's start with the uh, discovery. Uh, discovery is uh, 
absolutely kind of the uh, step zero in every security or compliance architecture. That's kind of, it should be obvious to every company. And yet so many companies are failing even at that initial step. Obviously, uh, as I mentioned, compliance is, and as you mentioned as well, compliance is difficult uh, and compliance influences uh, data discovery massively. Uh, what's your opinion on that influence? Um, you're right. There's a couple. Discovery is that first step zero. Um, you got to find the information that you want to protect, um, no matter where that exists first. And once you find that information, then you need to classify it based off of your your uh, your policy, your risk profile, what's important to you. And, and once you've uh, determined uh, what the classification of that data is, you want to be able to protect it. But but discovery is is a, is a very important first element. Um, discovery applies to, um, and we, we've already said the word compliance too much probably on this video cast, but it complies to different laws around the world. So you can have uh, each company is, is being burdened with multiple laws and regulations. So um, as you discover, you want to be able to find uh, critical data that meets those laws and regulations, but it's also data privacy elements as well, too. And, and we're moving away from that compliance. I mean, things that are important to a company, whether you're a tech company or an automobile company, or maybe you're a, 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 the government or a, a legal firm, what's important to you may be different than what is even included within a compliance law. So data privacy, making sure you protect what's important to you and finding that information it is a pertinent aspect before you can actually implement encryption and, and other forms of data protection. Um, right. Well, again, kind of going back to the technical aspects of data discovery, the biggest problem are, I believe in that it is really complicated and complex simply because of that uh, dreaded, dreadful uh, data sprawl. You have too many silos uh, with totally different data formats and types, structured versus unstructured, SQL versus no SQL databases, cloud, another cloud, on-prem, hybrid. They have different uh, technology stacks. They have different uh, access controls. They have different well, compliance regulations applied to them. <laughs> and uh, uh, a theoretically ideal data discovery and classification tool must be able not just to access all those silos. It must be able to uh, work across those silos, right? So it has to be able to sample some data here, some data there, and make uh, reliable uh, conclusions because uh, you cannot just uh, download all the data from all your data silos. It will be too long, too uh, performance uh, heavy on the actual applications, which will be accessing the data in parallel. And of course, it will probably take months, if not years, for a sub substantially large company. So uh, a compliance platform, it has to make some compromises have to sample only bits of data, maybe just look at the data schemas and guess, okay, this particular table might contain financial transactions because it's called transactions. Uh, and then to try to apply some logic, some intelligence. And of course, we hear a lot of diff from different vendors talking about pattern matching and some kind of uh, regular expression search. But do you think it's enough? Or what about uh, more intelligent solutions? Like, do you see, for example, artificial intelligence playing any role in that? No, it's, it's a great question. Um, uh, to your first point uh, with the data sprawl, yeah, critical data is all over the place, on-premise, in-cloud, structured, unstructured. You, you just, it's difficult to find it all. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, there is no one solution that can do that, that, that can meet the performance and everything that you, 
you've mentioned. And, you know, I talked about what's important to some companies are not as important to other companies. So that, that really is the custom data types and being able to find what's unique to you. And I do think that uh, to answer your question, that uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning is going to be an important aspect for data discovery and classification. Um, I think there's a lot of vendors out there that are, are looking beyond context to be able to be able to find, you know, what's important um, from a, a behavioral perspective to an organization and then be able to protect it. I, I think that uh, to simplify this whole process, and let, let's, let's say there is false positives and we can't meet everything, you know, it does come back to risk. You know, what is the risk that an organization can, you know, tolerate in terms of what they need to protect to be able to maintain their business, their customer base, meet the law, all those good things. And so um, once you have that defined, I think an important aspect is finding that critical data, classifying, but then automatically protecting it in a way that, uh, you know, it doesn't require another step. And I don't know, Alexi, maybe I'll turn around to you, what, what your thoughts are on machine learning and artificial intelligence, but that, that next step of once you find um, that critical data and how you protect it, um, you know, we're, we're understanding that's a big problem. We're, we're trying to solve it, but, but what are you seeing in the industry? Um, do, do you think there's a one size fits all solution there? It sounds like from your comments, you don't, but I'm just curious. Um, you know, how, how you feel about well, it. you know, for me as an analyst, uh, two words you just mentioned are like my two favorite words in every discussion. One is context and the other one is risk, right? Context is key for anything, not just in security, it's key for any kind of decision. Uh, in vacuum, uh, even if you are looking at a specific table, a specific database, and you have found specific data, you can never actually decide how risky, how sensitive it is without context, right? If you have found, let's say the word Mexican, is it a nationality or is it a type of restaurant? The risk would be totally different in the end. And another aspect to consider is, yeah, sure. The, suppose you have uh, deployed a data discovery solution. It has found all your sensitive data. Now you have 5,000 page long report. What are you going to do with that? Does it make any sense? Uh, who is supposed to read it in the end? Uh, and I guess the point that would lead us to the next uh, kind of pillar of that uh, triad we discussed earlier is how does data discovery and classification plugs into the whole data protection lifecycle? And again, this is one of my favorite terms. Uh, a colleague of mine here at Cooping Co came up with that definition recently, and we have uh, quite substantial research doing in that regard. And again, life cycle is probably one of those buzzwords which applies everywhere. API life cycle, application life cycle, cloud management life cycle, and of course data protection life cycle. Unless you are constantly monitoring and following all the changes and developments in your data, you are not protecting it, right? That's correct. And um... I'm sorry to, to interrupt that. I mean, I like, I like that word life cycle as well, too. I mean, when you talk about data, um, you really want to be at a point from a risk perspective that you're managing data from throughout its whole life cycle, right? From the time that it's created all the way through to the point in time when that data is no longer needed and it's shredded or, or deleted in some way. And so um, data discovery and classification, you know, from that first pillar, it isn't a one-time thing. It has to happen constantly from a monitoring perspective. And as, as new data is being created in databases, as you mentioned, or it could be a file folder, it could be in a cloud storage, it, it could be in an application. We want to be able to capture that um, information and we want to be able to protect it, that second pillar, and whatever makes the most sense. And protection comes in a lot of different forms. I mean, it does come back to a policy that uh, you put 
um, across your organization. So let, let's say, for example, that you do find a piece of intellectual property in a technical firm. And that, in that intellectual property is in a cloud uh, database. Um, the first thing you want to do is you want to set up a, a control or a policy, a management uh, philosophy to say that once you find this uh, intellectual property, you classify it, you want to either encrypt it. That's one way of data protection. Um, there's tokenization. There's also access control, just deciding who has access to that data. So there's different uh, a continuum, a different degree of how that information, quote unquote, gets protected. But, but I think um, back to your original point about life cycle, you know, we want to make sure that those controls are applied throughout the whole data life cycle. And you know, it might change over time. It might start out just being an access uh, who has access to that data when the data is first created. But after the you know, the viability or that data actually becomes more important over time. I mean, your example of Mexican, maybe that Mexican word becomes very important throughout that data lifecycle. And so you may move from a an access control to an actual data encryption at a file folder or a storage level, depending on on your company's policy. Um, hopefully that that uh, that makes a little bit of sense. But I I definitely uh, I appreciate your firm's view of uh, data protection lifecycle. And, and I think that that is important as we think about data, you have to be able to manage the whole life cycle. And that's important for us in those pillars versus just uh, one of the elements. Uh, you're not doing the whole life cycle if you're just doing one of the elements, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, everyone should also realize that there is always more than one way to do it in the cloud yeah. or elsewhere. Of course, every vendor, every cloud service probably will tell you, well, we've got lots of tools at your disposal. It's up to you to deploy them. And uh, there is a, a short step to a very dangerous misconception. And that misconception is that if you have lots of tools, then somehow those tools alone, somewhere on the shelf, will protect you. They won't. So uh, in the cloud, especially, even if uh, you are giving away the control for your data to a third party, the cloud service provider, you are still responsible for all the consequences of not protecting the data sufficiently. And even if you have all those tools at your disposal, it's up to you to implement those tools. And the cloud service provider might help you and guide you, but uh, they are not losing anything. If uh, your data is breached uh, and leaked, you are responsible, not them. So if there is one takeaway from our today's discussion, that would be that uh, there are too many tools, but too many tools do not translate into better security automatically. That, absolutely. Um, there is a shared responsibility model um, in every cloud, right. every, every SaaS application. Uh, well, at least every cloud service provider defines that pretty well. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's uh, um, There's a lot of tools out there, but the responsibility still uh, comes back to you as a, as a user. And, and as employees of companies, it comes back to the company as well, too. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a very daunting world out there when it comes to all the amount of tools and all the capabilities that is provided. So agree. And of course, when you are thinking a kind of long term, if you are defining your strategy, you might kind of opt for solving some certain uh, quick wins with all those tools, specific tools, point solutions, if you will. But in long term, you have to again to think about centralized policy management and governance. Because uh, again, many tools when they are not uh, kind of when they're not connected to each other, when they are not managed by a single pane of glass, for lack of a better term, it means more work for you, for your admins and security people. And we know that that whole story of skills gap and uh, lack of uh, qualified specialists, and it's only growing. So centralization, uh, 
intelligence and automation, I would say, are the key uh, recipes for building a long-term uh, efficient uh, data protection solution. Well, I think I think you're talking a lot about the aspects of that third pillar that we haven't really spoke about, but you, but I think you described it there very well in in our conversation. Control, right? Um, having a centralized control um, of of policy, but also um, encryption keys in particular. But but also there's another aspect there. Um, you know, you can trust the tools that are out there, but but you don't want to. I think we just talked about that as a takeaway. But you want to put another layer. It's defense in depth, multiple layers. You know, for example, you don't want to give a database administrator the keys to the kingdom. You want them to have access to everything. You want your encryption or data protection policy or philosophy to allow you to have different levels of control. So no one actually can, uh, with a, a, an escalated credential, be able to get access to all the critical information. So there's, there's definitely... Um, from a control perspective, different levels that you want to put in place. And the one aspect of control we haven't talked about, you kind of touched on it, was monitoring and um, auditing. You know, we go back to the compliance idea. You have to be able to show to an auditor that you actually put the right data protection uh, approach or framework risk controls in place. And so you do need to have a very strong logging, auditing um, and that can happen with third-party tools as well, or a dashboard or a single pane of glass, like you said. But you got to be able to identify that um, when something bad does happen, you want to find that quickly. But you also want to show that you're meeting requirements um, as you go forward. So uh, I, I didn't. I just want to make sure that element came into that control piece. I think the monitoring and the auditing is extremely important for us to be able to, uh, you know, meet our security um, uh, approaches within our companies and for our employees. Well, Todd, you are again. You're absolutely right. Or it's a hugely complicated topic and uh, we probably could talk uh, for another hour, but we are really limited in our uh, allocated time. So maybe we should just uh, finish uh, up here and uh, try to summarize uh, our ideas and findings today. So if you were to outline like three or five key messages for our viewers with regards to data protection, what would that be? Wow, that's... Uh... You, you threw me with five there. Um, so so um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, Alexi, I really appreciate the conversation. Um, and I, I agree we could go for a long period of time. For, for me, um, we understand that the operation and complexity around encryption and data protection is hard. It's complicated. Uh, so we're trying to simplify that. Um, remember the three pillars, discover, protect, control. I think that those uh, three elements can help uh, every organization as they think about uh, the full data lifecycle, not just elements of the data lifecycle, but the full data lifecycle from the time data is being created throughout its whole life, as well as the keys that go along with that, the associated key management. So I, I think those are some best practices that we all can uh, live by. Um, here at Talus, we are building a platform strategy to try to put all these elements into a single platform. So you do get one holistic a platform that does all these different elements along with a single pane of glass to help you with the different pieces that go along with uh, centralizing and managing all that data. Um, some of the other takeaways I would say for, for the team here um, and, and for the audience is, you know, we didn't talk a lot about access control and remote working. Um, if you're not using um, multi-factor authentication and VPNs, I think that resolves a lot of the vulnerabilities that our customers are seeing. And then the last element that I would mention is just cloud. We are seeing a huge uptake, uptick within cloud. We talked about the shared responsibility model. You have to recognize when you use cloud tools that um, the cloud provider is not always going to protect you. And so there's different elements there. There's different degrees of protection. And uh, we want to make sure you have to make sure that in your 
and your policy and your governance and your, and your the way you want to work with those types of environments that you're taking that into account and you're putting the appropriate controls in place to protect data no matter where it goes. So um, thanks again, Alexi. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been great to meet you and, and spend some time and give me a call if you ever want to do this again. <laughs> Be open to having another conversation. Well, thank you very much, Todd. Absolutely. Uh, I hope this is not our last uh, discussion because we have so much, uh, I guess, in, in shared experience and kind of uh, common topics to discuss and talk about. There are so many things which uh, we could not simply put into the discussion today, like how do you protect your workers at home or how do you deal with ransomware? But uh, again, uh, if there is only one single takeaway from me from this discussion, that would be centralization is the biggest, uh, is your biggest friend uh, battling complexity. So try to break your silos, try to uh, centralize your policy management and governance, uh, avoid vendor locking, looking for extent, ex kind of extensible and open platforms and you will win in the end. And so good luck, uh, stay healthy and goodbye. You as well. Thank you. Thanks all.